0: feel so far away from everybody today, it's just it's a little bit of a different, different feel in the room from last week. Yeah, move on up. Actually, I'm going to have you kind of all over the room this morning, so. <laughs> all right, we're starting with a video, right? All right, so could we have, um, we'll be all right. All right, let's go ahead and start that video.
1: Hi, I'm Sean McDowell and I would like to invite you on a spiritual quest over the next six weeks to gain a deeper understanding of something or someone greater than ourselves. On this journey, we are gonna look at some of life's most pressing questions. Is there any evidence for the existence of God? Can I trust the Bible? Why is there so much evil and suffering in the world? And who is Jesus? And is he really the only way to get to God? On this journey, we're gonna encounter six signposts this week we'll look at signpost one which says what you believe determines where you go in life this is important because our beliefs will shape our decisions also the path we take in life and our ultimate destination as you decide what path you're going to take are you going to choose to follow gods or are you going to trek out on your own are you ready for the quest let's go
0: know that uh, everybody came here this morning with different, uh, for different reasons and with different things on your mind. Um, I don't know what those things may or may not have been. Maybe, uh, maybe you just came here this morning excited for what God was going to do and God is doing in our, in our midst this morning. Maybe you came here with a heavy heart. Maybe you're not feeling well. I, I'm not feeling well. I know I talked to Joanne. She's not feeling well. Um, a lot of that going around. There's a bunch of people not here this morning because their families are sick. Um maybe you came here this morning, knowing that uh, this is gonna be a rough week ahead of you um, at work or or at school. A um, lot of different a lot of different things going in and going through our minds this morning. I um, did a little something when I got here this morning. I was that's why I said I'm going to have you all over the place because this is uh, not going to happen as easily as uh, as I thought it would because there's so many empty seats. But several of you, uh, in fact, thirteen of you, have something hidden under your seat, and so I need us to find thirteen items stuck under the chairs uh, that where you're sitting. And if it's not under your chair, feel free to look under some empty chairs. And if you find something—not a piece of gum—if uh, you find something of value under your chair, then uh, if it, no, it's for you to keep. If you find something stuck underneath a chair, all right. Dan found one. Dan, hold it up in the air. So you. Can, so okay, there is indeed things under people's chairs. All right. All right. <laughs> I found my tithe. I gave it to the Lord, and He returned it to me. All right. How many? How many have we gotten now? I, there's 13 of them around the room. So how many? Put your hands up. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There are three more to be. What oh, do you have two, Jess? Oh, that's uh, cheating. <laughs> Two more to be found. I have two. Okay, so one more to be found. I'll just make the kids after service go through and, and look for things. All right. Hold them up one more time. If you've got more than one, hold up two hands so I can just count make sure we've got people crawling around on the floor. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm seeing less now than I did before. All right. Well, we can keep looking later if we have to. No, that and that's that's for you to keep. I'm a big spender here. Um, now, why, what was the big point of this? Can anybody think of a of a scripture verse? It likens the kingdom of heaven to something. Right. I like your king's English, but that's not a scripture. Exactly right. The pearl of great price. What was, what was the deal with the pearl of great price? <laughs> or or a, a similar parable was the one of, the, of a man who found a treasure in a field. And what did he do when he found the treasure in the field? He sold everything in order to go and, and to obtain that field. See that I wanted to have you searching for something this morning, and I wanted to, you know, any did anybody just sit there and not bother looking? Chick it was like, ah. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's nice to be in the place where you don't need money. And uh, all right, but uh, but and how many of you, when you saw that it was cash, started getting a little more excited about looking? Anybody? Few people, okay. <laughs> I know Carl was crawling around the floor, looking up and underneath. All right, um, but that's what the scripture likens the kingdom of God to: is somebody that, and and unfortunately, I think it's unfortunate. I don't see that kind of zealousness among the people of God or among anyone. It says the kingdom of God is like is like a person who finds a treasure. And, and puts everything, it doesn't matter what they're going through in life. It doesn't matter if they're feeling sick. It didn't matter if, if things were difficult at home. It didn't matter what their job was. It's that they put everything aside and they went after this one thing. And that's what the kingdom of God is supposed to be like. It's supposed to be like somebody that you discover, that, wait a minute, all this other stuff is meaningless without this one thing. And that we're supposed to put all that stuff behind us and pursue after that one thing until you've got it. Anybody anybody ever buy a, a, a new car? And, and what was that experience like for you when you first got that car? It's exciting. Did you park it in the garage and just leave it there? <laughs> it's the one out in the parking lot, way away from all the other cars. yeah. <coughs> all right. And, and but and you didn't you didn't just you wouldn't buy a brand new car and stick it in somebody's garage and leave it there for a couple years, would you? I see. If it was a clean. But you, you you have fun. You get excited because it's like this is a new. You know you get when you get in the car for the next couple weeks and it still has the new car smell. You're like ah, oh, it's still new. It's a sad day that day when you get in the car and you go doesn't smell like new car anymore. <laughs> but when you you have fun driving around and all of a sudden when you get a new car, you never noticed anybody else driving that car before, but now that you drive that car, you start seeing it everywhere. And that color, and that color. I thought I was the only one with this car and now I see it everywhere. That's what the kingdom of God is supposed to be like. We get a hold of something. We we find out what having a relationship with Jesus Christ is all about. And you don't want to hide it. You, you want to talk to people about it. You want to get in that car and drive around. i got nowhere to go, but it's a new car. It's fun to drive. I got a new car recently. Well, for me it was new. Never had a car like this before. It, it actually, like when you push the gas, it moves. <laughs> it was a new experience where I was... And this is is my own shortcoming. I get irritated with people that are driving 40 in a 55. I just don't like it. It bothers me. But in the past, I had, (laughs) and and I don't like the tailgate, because I don't like it when people do that to me. But in the cars that I've had in the past, there was not much option to pass, because they just didn't have the oomph to do it. But not in my new car. I came home one day, and I was like, Jill, I passed somebody. And it was like... (laughs) I just pushed the gas and it went whoa, you know. I just just <laughs> flew behind somebody, and 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 it's one of those kind of cars where it's just really smooth, and and you're driving along and all of a sudden you look down and go, oh dear, I'm going too fast because <laughs> it's just so smooth. It was amazing. I, uh, Chevy. I always mix it up between the Malibu and the Impala. The Impala. Okay. Um, friend of mine was able to find it for me for four grand under Blue Book. I was pretty excited, so amen. Um, so that's not, we're not supposed to be talking about my car this morning. That's not the <laughs> point at all, all right? But you know what? It, it, when I got it, it, and I still, I'm enjoying driving it, and I'm driving it all over the place. But, but That's what the kingdom of God is supposed to be like. We get a hold of this thing, and we, we drive it around. And we like to show people, and hey, did I tell you about my new car? hey, did I tell you about my relationship with Jesus? But you know, we don't do that. People don't think it's strange. Just, hey, I got a new car. Oh, tell me about the new car. And they tell them about the new car. Or if you buy a house. Hey, we bought a house. We're having a housewarming party. Oh, here he go. talking about houses again. Invite you over. Come and see our new house. We're so excited about it. That's how we're supposed to be about the kingdom of God. Did I tell you about this, this relationship? With Jesus that, oh, that's just weird. People don't talk like that. Why? Why don't we talk like that? All right, okay, so that's a little strange. What about when God does something? Now, Jim was talking about it this morning, the miracles that God does in our lives. And listen, I agree with what he said. Waking up and, and taking a breath every morning is a miracle. But you know what? I know that God does miraculous things in our lives, not just, not just the everyday stuff, not just the beating of your heart. But the answer to prayer, the salvation of a family member, the the healing from a sickness, the rescuing from a a, a tragedy, a financial difficulty, a relationship that's been broken that God can repair. He does the miraculous. He's in the business of the miraculous. And we need to take those opportunities and get excited about them and share with people. Let me tell you what God just did in my life. He saved me from this terrible situation. And I I want us to start getting into the practice of of being excited about those things in the same way we are as finding $5 under our seat. All right. Um, Let's take a look, look at the word here. I'm sorry, I'm sniffly. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. And trust also in me. This is Jesus speaking. all right. He's trying to get the disciples ready. We just celebrated Easter last week. This was a conversation that he's having with the disciples shortly before Passover. He's getting them ready. The t- disciples did not like these conversations. These were awkward conversations that Jesus would have with them. He's getting them ready and telling them, hey, listen, not much time left. What are you talking about, Jesus? You're 33 years old. We're just getting ramped up. Things are good. We're watching... Miracles happen. We're seeing cool stuff, and Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to get ready. There's something happening here. I'm not going to be with you much longer. What? This is good stuff. We're excited. What do you mean we're not going to be doing this much longer? We're going to be doing this for years and years. Good. So he's saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, when would you say that to somebody? Don't let your heart be troubled. Yeah, I mean, you you don't say don't let your heart be troubled unless what you're going to say, you're worried it's going to trouble them, right? When you say the words to somebody, listen, you're going to have a conversation. You say, now listen, don't get upset. <laughs> what, are you, what are you setting them up for? You're going to say something that's upsetting. Right? And that's what Jesus is saying. here. Like, listen, don't be upset. <laughs> Uh-oh, here it comes. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. Where is he going? He's going to the Father's house. A lot of people go there. (laughs) Last weekend, over 9,000 people went to their Easter service. It's fantastic. Where is he talking about going? To heaven. Very disturbing to his disciples. What are you, wait a minute. I go to prepare a place for you. And I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place that I'm going. What? Wait a second. Jesus is saying to them, all right, guys, don't be upset. I'm going away. I'm going to my father's house. Wait a second. We know that Jesus' father is God. He's going to his house. That means he's dying. He's going to go there. He's going to come back. He's going to get us and take us there. Now, that, that would make your head swim, wouldn't it? He says, "You know the way to the place that I'm going." Now, oh, wait a second. I do. Listen, I, I'm not so sure about you, but the only place, the only way I know how to get to heaven is there's one way, and I don't really want to like intentionally do that. How about you? All right. What's our next slide there? Pastor Rob already talked this morning. I want to just reiterate the fact that as we go through this series, there's going to be a couple of books that are available, um, ten bucks a piece. Um, there's a non-fiction book called God Quest. There's an exciting novel. There's some journals um, and much more. And it, and it just worked out a little differently for this series because of the, the Billy Graham Crusade. But we're going to do our very best to. to work them all together, uh, I think that it will be very good. But what we want to look at this morning and through this series are these questions here. And the the little video in the beginning talked about it as well. Can truth be known? I believe, of course, truth can be known. Does God really exist? And you know what? That's a great great question. It's a question I'm confident that you have or will have conversations with people about. How do you know God exists? You know what? I have never in my life had good success with debating people, right, because debates by their very nature are confrontational, and people don't like confrontation, right? When you confront someone, what do they do? They get defensive. Their guard goes up. They are ready for a fight. Their posture becomes one of, all right, let's duke it out. Do you have good conversation when someone's posture is this? No, you don't, Right? And so I'm, I'm not looking for a fight. I'm not looking for an argument. But to me, the best way to share with somebody does God exist? And I apologize if you're a boxer, that might, might not have been a very good stance. I don't know. Um, is to just simply discuss with people what God has done in your life. It's very difficult to argue with your personal testimony. We've had this conversation in, in here before. When you are able to talk to people about what Christ has done in your life, Look, I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I don't You believe what you want to believe, as foolish as it might be. Here's what God has done in my life. Here's how I know God is real. This cannot be coincidental. had people over the years, Christians, non-Christians, ask me, how did you How did you know you were supposed to go into the ministry? Well, there's a long story and a short story. I'll share with you the short story this morning. I mean, the, the, the one that really nailed it for me, I was, I believe I was 17 years old, and I had gone to um, a youth ministry service. There was a uh, a church. In fact, it was the church that Pastor Rob came from that was itinerary itinerating. That? They were looking for a new youth pastor. And so they were having a youth pastor come in from somewhere, and he was going to run a service. And so a friend of mine went to that church and said, hey, come and, come and check out this service. And, and really, when I was a teenager, it was all about, oh, there's other Christian girls going to that church. We should go. <laughs> all right, so that's just the truth of it, truth be told, yeah. Uh, and I did have some good friends that were part of that church. And so we went, and this, this youth pastor was a fiery preacher. I had, I had seen very few preachers like that. And he was one of those jump up and down and sweating all over the place, getting excited, and, and, uh, and it was entertaining. And, but he had a prophetic gift. The Lord really spoke clearly through this guy and would speak to people. And, and have you ever heard the term read your mail? It, it's a, it's a, when people that operate in the prophetic hear from God so clearly it's like somebody just read your mail and then came and talked to you. That's, that's Because the things that they shared with you were so right on that they couldn't have possibly known it unless they intercepted a letter of personal information. Um, so they talk like when people are so in tune with the Spirit of God that they're able to share those things that deeply, they call it reading your mail. Well, this guy was reading people's mail. He was that on prophetically. And he came up to me after service, and he's like, Listen, I want to just... And I saw you in the service. I really felt like the Lord was speaking to me, that God is calling you. this is a Friday night, that God is calling you into the ministry. I'm 17 years old. I was planning on going to Roberts Wesleyan College for two years and transferring to RIT because I wanted to be an engineer. Um, I grew up in a home that was pretty poor, and I didn't want to be poor. So I thought, engineer, maybe I know that I went to ministry. That's great. <coughs> um, and he said, "Listen, I I don't know you. I don't know anything about you, but I really feel like like the Lord wanted me to share with you that you are being called, that you're supposed to go into the ministry." And I said, "Okay, whatever." And I had actually privately thought about it. There was um, from the time I was 14 years old, I was leading a Bible study in my school. Um, I came into the I had gone to a private school and then come into the public school at uh, in ninth grade. There was no christian bible study i got a bunch of christians together we started one and i was leading that bible study and my parents i had grown up in my home there was like a an impromptu youth ministry that went for 15 years (laughs) from my from the early from the 70s through through my high school years and uh bonnie's laughing because she was part of the leadership of that at one point and i know that many of the chambray kids came through that that ministry and um you know so i kind of grew up uh under the mantle of a youth ministry, I didn't realize that's what it was. I can remember at, at you know nine years old coming down in my pajamas and there being fifty kids in my living room. You know, and that, I just thought no, that was normal. That's what you grew up with, you know. Uh, so there there was there was a youth ministry mantle on me. I think I, I believe now looking back. And so I had, it, there was things stirring in me. I, I felt a passion for that kind of stuff, but I didn't didn't want to be poor, so that wasn't a career choice. Um, that was Friday night. Sunday morning, my pastor comes up to me out of the blue. Never had a conversation like this before. I never really had any conversations with this pastor because, you know, I was, I was a 17-year-old kid. And he said, listen, in the service today, and this pastor was also very prophetic. He came up to me and he said, listen, during the service today, the Lord spoke to me very clearly. He said, and I want to just challenge you. I believe the Lord's calling you into ministry. So within a 36-hour period, had two men of God come up to me and say, God's calling you into ministry. That can't happen coincidentally. It doesn't, when, when people try to say, oh, well, that's just coincidence, really, why would two people randomly in different, different places at different times share the same exact thing with me coincidentally? It, 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 this, this idea of coincidence just doesn't, doesn't fly well with me. A more recent example. We had a special service in the fall, and and a bunch of you were there. At Spenceport Assembly of God, they were highlighting the new churches, the the, the church plants. All right? And there was some prophetic ministry there, again. And they had a prophetic word for Rob and Terry. And they talked, and they began to say, God, help me with the wording here. Because, well, anyways, the prophetic word that they gave to Rob and Terry, they talked about the fact that God is moving in your church. And things that would normally take a year are taking a month. And things that would normally take three years are happening in one year. And earlier that day, Terry and a few of the other women were at a Bible study. And that same exact prophetic word was given to them, using the same exact phrases. Different people, different times. And nobody else else was there. My mom is sitting there, like, freaking out in the chair. She's like, that's the same thing they said this morning. It's not coincidence. It's God. Anyways. That's not even part of the message this morning. It's, does God exist? Can we trust the Bible? Where is uh, Why is there evil and suffering? And, and we're going to cover some other topics as well. So let's get started. Um, the Gospel of John chapter 14. I missed one of the slides, didn't I? I just want to jump to uh, John chapter 14 if we can. So, this morning, can God be known? Does truth exist? Yes, it does. All right. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. Remember, we just talked about this whole scripture about Jesus saying, I'm going somewhere. You know where I'm going. You know how to get there. They're like, what? Thomas speaks up, and he says, listen, I'm confused here, Jesus. I am a little bothered by this whole conversation. I don't know where you're going, so how can I know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is a difficult scripture for people. When I was a kid, there was a movie that came out called All Dogs Go to Heaven. All right? And, and you know, it was a cute little cartoon movie. and But you know what? A lot of people's theology is tied to that movie. Not that all dogs go to heaven, but that all people go to heaven. Oh, there's lots of different ways to get to heaven. And, you know, some people have this way, and some people have this way, and some people. And we all, all, do you remember that little jingle? All roads, all roads. You know, some people think that all roads lead to heaven. You know what? That's not true. It's simply not true. And I don't say that to be offensive. And I don't say that to, to make anybody angry. Listen, take a look at that again. Jesus didn't say, I am a way. He said, I am the way, the only way. Well, isn't that awfully narrow-minded of God? Only make one way? I think it's awfully generous of God to make a way at all. He didn't have to make a way. The fact that he made a way at all is very generous. And I know that in our in our own flesh, in our own desire for fairness, okay, which I understand, we want there to be lots of different ways. We want all roads to lead to heaven. We want all dogs to go to heaven. That's simply not the case. That's not, again, not even the focus of what I want to talk about right now. The first thing that I want to talk about is Jesus saying to Thomas, don't worry, you know the way. And and Thomas says, how can you say that? We don't know the way. Jesus says, yes, I am the way. And I love that Jesus uses that phrase. Because, again, it really clicks for the Jewish person when he says the phrase, I am. What does that mean to a Jew? I am, what, is, what is that phrase, I am"? I am? I am. It's the name of, it's, the, it's Yahweh. The, that's the name that God gave to himself to Moses. He said, tell the people that I am sent you. So when Jesus says, I am the way, he's, he's again connecting himself, making himself God. Telling them that he is God. Jesus doesn't just know the way. He is the way. He doesn't just go the way. He is the way. He doesn't just show the way. He is the way. I want to spend some time talking about the second part of the phrase. He says, I am the way. I am the Truth, all right? Point number one that I really want to focus on this morning is this. I think it's the next slide. Keep going. I can know that truth exists. Have you ever had that conversation with people? oh, well, what's true for you might not be true for me. or that might be good for you, but this is what I believe. And, and, you know, there's lots of that kind of stuff out there. We encounter it all the time. I mean, honestly and sadly, that's why there's so many different denominations within the church. And and you know what? That doesn't bother me anymore. It used to bother me because, of course, I belonged to the one that was right. (laughs) (laughs) And I I don't believe that way anymore. I'm very happy to tell people I I could be wrong. Let's focus on what we believe in common. You know, there's, there's basic truths that we can agree on. There's even wacky people that don't even agree on those. Things. You know, it, I think there's probably going to be, and, and you know, Rob can correct me on this one, but I, I think there's probably going to be a few more people there than we expect. And I think that there will probably be a few people not there that we thought would be. You know, it, it, to boil it very basic down, I think Scripture says if you believe with your heart, and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you will be saved. That's the the very basic of it. Now, I really hope that when somebody starts right there, that they would build upon that. That, That's the foundation. You wouldn't look at a house and go, oh, that's a beautiful house, when all is there is a foundation. You want to build on that that truth, that if I believe with my heart, confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, you know what? if you really believe something in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, then won't your actions also back that up? Okay? So, I can know that truth exists. Jesus taught that truth existed. He was a great man an inspirational philosopher whose teachings ought to be followed, but then people will say things like, but they're really, you know, what you believe is right and wrong is not what I believe is right and wrong. People like Jesus. You know, we go to to Christmas and people love the baby Jesus because babies are cute and cuddly and they don't cause much controversy. And even at Easter time, people, people will tolerate Jesus. But when you confront someone, with the idea that that Jesus actually taught truth. If you have a conversation with somebody, what do you think in Jesus? Oh, Jesus was a great man. Jesus was a wonderful teacher. He was a prophet. Well, then why don't you do the things that Jesus said? Oh, now you're causing problems. Now you're stirring up the water. What do you mean I don't do the thing? Well, you know, Jesus said that we should live this way, and you don't live that way. Oh, well, that's just the hypocrites that say you should, you know, they don't really live that way either. Sadly, that's probably true a lot of the time. Jesus taught that there was truth, that there is truth. I like this. This is really neat. If I told you that I am a mammal. What does that mean? I'm a mammal. I don't lay eggs. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm warm-blooded, all right? uh, My species can. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I can give it to you in a a cup. Um, But in order for me to claim that I'm a mammal, that must mean that mammals actually exist. Is that true? Okay? I wouldn't claim to be something that, that, I mean, my son does. He says that he's a superhero and has a force field. But but that's a little different. Um, For me to claim to be something must mean that that thing actually does exist, if I was to tell you um, that I'm a pastor, what does that imply? Right? And that there is such a thing. You're a what? Uh, if I was to say, listen, I'm a, I, don't know, I was going to try to make up a word, I'm just not that clever this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, if I made up some word and you were to look at me and go, you know, okay, Dick, what, what's, uh, you know, when something's broken, it's typically what? What what part of the that something is, is causing the the brokenness? The, 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 the what? The stethstat, flibulater? You know, I mean. <laughs> so <laughs> whenever Dick and I are doing a project and there's something not quite right, he'll look at it, he'll go, oh, it's the the <laughs> the flib you know, look in the car, you know, it's, it's the flibillator, you know. It's, he makes up stuff. And, then pe- and he does it in such a serious way that people are like, oh, uh, where can I get one of those? <laughs> you got to go to Lowe's. <laughs> go to Lowe's, ask the guy in the hardware store for a and He'll hook you right up. There's no such thing as one of those. That's why it's funny. But if I say to you that, hey, listen, I, I'm, a, I'm a father. Well, that implies that that's a real thing. So when Jesus says to them, I am the truth, you don't don't say I am the unless it's something that's really there, unless it's something that really exists. So in that question, does truth exist? Absolutely. Jesus already told us he is the truth. And he's not going to make that claim unless it's something that is real. You guys following me with that? So the first thing that we know is that I can know that truth exists. The second thing I want to talk about with truth is I can know the truth. Listen, Jesus was a person. And he said, I am the truth. Can you know who a person is? Can you know me? Can you know Jamie? You can. Jesus was a person. And and his disciples knew him. And through the word of God, we have the ability to know him. And if we can know him and he is the truth, then we can know truth.
1: Are you following me with that? Let's
0: play that video. clip.
1: I was speaking with a young man not too long ago, and he said to me, but you can't know truth. I said, wait a minute. If you can't know truth, then how do you know that you can't know truth? You see, if you can't know truth, then you can't know that we can't know truth. (laughs) See, we all know that there is such a thing as truth and that we can know it. But those who claim that we can't know truth, I wonder if they've really investigated the scientific, the philosophical, the historical, and even the experiential evidence for the person of Jesus who claimed to be the truth. You see, Jesus said those who seek him will find him. He said this in Matthew seven, seven through eight. Keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who searches finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened.
0: Uh, John I don't know if this I don't think this is a slide. John eight, thirty-one and thirty-two Jesus says, if you hold to my teachings, and you are really my disciples, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Did you know that? You will know the truth. You and I not only can know the truth, we will know the truth if we are really his disciples. It's exciting. I know I don't Excited. It's because my head's about to explode. All right, last one. First, I can know that truth exists. Secondly, I can know the truth. And thirdly, I can live in relationship with the truth. When Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he wasn't just making a philosophical statement, he was making a personal statement. He started the sentence with, I. He said, I am. I am truth. The truth can be found in him. Again, this probably uh, will date me. Some of you can probably not relate. Most of you probably will. Remember remember that TV show, The X-Files? I know Carl does. Carl's a sci-fi guy. Guy, all right. There was a phrase I- that, that came about that show. Do you remember what the phrase was? The truth is. The truth is out there. Right? We have that slide. The truth is out. The truth is out there. All right. And that's that's true to an to an extent. The truth is out there, but more more accurately, the truth is in here. And I'm not saying the truth is in here like truth is inside of me. No. The truth is in each one of them. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have given your life to Christ, then the truth is in here, Because the Christ that you've given your life, if you've invited him to come and to reside within you, then the truth is in you. You have the truth. I want to be very careful here because there's some new age kind of eastern mystic kind of ideas that that uh, you know the truth is in all of us. That's not true. You know, <laughs> you know it's it's the Christ in you who is the hope of glory that, that would allow truth to be in you. There's a lot of stuff out there that's not true. It's it's it might look good, it might feel good, it might say good things. What is a counterfeit? You know? imitates the real thing, you know. But when you discover, if you, uh, um, there is a, uh, next door to me, it's a bad place for me to work. My office is located between a pizza parlor (laughs) and a candy shop. (laughs) Not really the best place to be located if you're trying to watch your calories. And I watch them. I watch them. Every time I look in the mirror, I've watched some calories. Um, a couple last year, somebody did come in and, and passed off a counterfeit bill to the candy shop. And you know, your average teller in a in a in a retail store is a you know in Brockport especially is a is a college student, and not particularly trained in the art of telling whether or not. And, and really, counterfeit bills are are pretty good. You know, I mean they. The reason they're always changing our money is because the printers are so sophisticated that it's easy to copy money. So they're constantly – have you ever taken a a bill and looked at it up in a light? There's like watermarks and there's threads going through it and there's little tiny details that they're trying to constantly stay ahead of. Because a counterfeit can pass off as the real thing. Until somebody discovers that it's not the real thing, you could keep it in circulation for a while. Listen, the enemy, the devil – is not stupid. You know, people look at it. was the money he put under the chair real? Maybe he's talking about counterfeits this morning. I would never be, my kids have asked me, can we copy this? No, they don't do that. Federal offense, don't want to do it. Listen, counterfeits can, can really come off as real. They can actually accomplish things. They can be powerful. They can help people. Some things counterfeit, it's not the real thing. It's not the genuine article. And we need to be Jesus challenges, warns us to be careful of the counterfeits. Why else would he make that distinction? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Does that leave room for other things? It doesn't. You can even have conversations with other people of different beliefs and use the same words and have conversation and they mean something different than what you mean. You have to be careful of those counterfeits. I am the way the truth, I am the life. This morning I want to just challenge us. We've been talking for the last bunch of weeks through Lent and Easter of what will you do with Jesus. And I don't think that that's a question that needs to stop just because we're in a new series. We're confronted this morning with this this very simple statement that Jesus made. And it's a dividing statement for some people it's very difficult to receive this idea that Jesus said listen there's not any other choice it's me he said to his disciples you know the way because you know me i told you this analogy before that that uh, heaven is like sam's club All right what how's that how how do you get into sam's club you need a membership or there's two ways to get into Club. You need to have a membership, or you can go in as a guest of somebody that is a member. There's two ways to get into heaven. You can be perfect, or you can go with somebody that's perfect. So how many of us are perfect? Okay. So we've, we've, we can't become members that way. But we can become members through Jesus through the one who is perfect, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other, you can't sneak in, I mean, I suppose you could sneak in the door of Sam's Club, but when you get to the counter and you try to pay for whatever you wanted to buy, sorry, there you go. There's no, and there's no sneaking into heaven, you know. I mean, even the people that tried, people that, Act like they might be going to heaven. Well, you know, we did all, we, we healed people. you Remember that? People said, they, they. but Lord, Lord, we healed people in your name. And Jesus said, sorry, I didn't know you. Depart from me, you wicked servant. Wait a second. Where's that coming from? I healed people in Jesus' name? I mean, wouldn't you think that healing would be a good thing? I fed people in Jesus' name. The the key here is, why are we talking about, what's the importance of knowing truth this morning? Because that's the qualifier. When we look in the scripture, it says that at the last days, when we stand before the Lord, what's going to come down to is, did you know Jesus? There's people that did good things, and it didn't count. This is kind of this is kind of disgusting and a little graphic, but the scripture says that all of our good deeds are like what? Filthy rags. Do you know what that term filthy rag means? Cover your ears. Alright. In the, in the old testament, they didn't have tampons and pads, they used rags. And when that, that phrase, that your good deeds are like a filthy rag, it's talking about a menstrual rag That would be that a woman would use. And so when the scripture says that the good things that we do, in God's eyes, are like a filthy rag, that's what it's talking about. That's pretty filthy. You see, the things that we do that are good, apart from God, are worthless. We need to know... The truth, we need to have relationship with Christ. And so this morning, we're done. Time is up. I'd like to pray together. And I'd like to ask you this morning, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never given your life to Christ, that to, this morning you would make that decision to do that. That's the critical point. We need to know Jesus in order to get into heaven give you one more analogy. I love analogies. When I was a kid, we used to play, and I probably have given this one before, I apologize if, if you've already heard this one, but we used to play some video games when, when, our fam- when our kids, when we were kids, in our family, we would play Nintendo. And we're a pretty big family, okay? It's Jamie, Jody, Josh, John, and Julie, the five of us. And you know almost all of us, or have the opportunity to. And Josh and I were the best at, at a couple particular games. Jody would pretend that she was as good, but she wasn't. And, and, and to be honest, Josh was the best. Right? But Julie and John, because they were the younger ones, they wanted to play these same games that we would play, and so they'd talk a lot a little smack and, and challenge us to, to play these games. And the fun part would be, like, if Julie and John were playing the game, I, can, I just I have this vivid memory <clears throat> of sitting on the couch – and them sitting on the floor in front of me, and, and Jonathan would be getting ahead of Julie. and She would be doing very poorly at the game. And so she would take the controller and she'd put it up over her head and pass it to me. And I would take the controller. And, and, you know, and Jonathan's focused on the game. He's playing the game. And I would slowly get her ahead of him. And then I'd hand the game back to her. And then she would play some more. And then she'd fall behind it. She'd pass the, the <laughs> controller back up to me. <coughs> and I would play the game and get her ahead. And then she would win. You know what? That is what we're like as believers. We want the control in our hands, and then we start to see, oh, I'm getting behind. And life's not going so well. I think I'm going to give the control to God. Now, I'm not trying to say that I'm God. That's not the analogy. But we give the controller up to the Lord, and we say, God, I've screwed it all up. I can't do this on my own. Will you please help me? And God starts to take control, and we start winning the game again, and we're like, okay, I'll take it back now. It doesn't work that way. I want to challenge us this morning to give the controller to God and let it go. I guarantee you that you'll win the game if you would allow the Lord to have control. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are the way, the truth, the life, that no one can come to you except through Christ. Lord, I'm so grateful that you have made a way when there was no way. Lord, that when our sins separated us from you, you stepped in. You came to this earth. You sacrificed yourself. You made a way for us to have restored relationship with you. God, we're so grateful. And so, Lord, I'm asking this morning, if there is anyone in this room that has not yet given you over control, they would do so. They would make that decision. Or that they would just simply cry out to you, even in their own minds and hearts, and say, God, I've made a mess of things. I can't do this on my own. I recognize this morning, Jesus, that you are the way. That you are the truth. That you are the life. And I need to know you. Jesus' name, amen. And if you did pray that prayer this morning and you meant it and you'd never done it before, I'd like you to tell somebody that you did that. Remember what I said in the very beginning? Believe in your heart. Well, That's why you would pray a prayer like that. But confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. The confession part is an important part. Thank you for being with us this morning.